and welcome back to Ratchet and Wrench Radio, Ratchet and Wrench's official podcast, helping automotive repair shop operators make money, save money, and work smarter. I'm your host, Paul Hodawanek, the staff writer here at Ratchet and Wrench. And today we are starting off, we're kicking off our series of best workplace winners. If you haven't gotten your March issue of the magazine, it is our best workplaces issue where we feature a small, medium, and large shop that was nominated and uh, is doing just a really, really good job um, keeping their employees happy and running a very, very sound business. So today we have the winner of our large category, which is Silver Lake Auto and Tire Centers. Uh, And to talk about their operation and the industry as a whole, we have two guests. We have Dan Garlock, he's owner, CEO, and president of the company. And then Matt Oldenburg, the general manager. Gentlemen, how are we doing today? Great, thanks for having us on, Paul. We're great, Paul. Awesome. Well, I guess maybe a good spot to start would just be to get the people a little bit familiar with the shop, where you guys are located, your size, um, and just maybe just a little bit of an origin story of, of Silver Lake. Yeah, I can answer that, Paul. So um, we're in southeastern Wisconsin, uh, right outside of Milwaukee, and uh, we started in a small town called Oconomowoc, Wisconsin. Uh, we're currently four locations, uh, have uh, 47, I think it's 47 team members today. Um, those four locations and the towing, towing division. Um, but yeah, we had pretty humble beginnings. Uh, my dad opened the business in 1973. It was just a two-bay gas station. And um, um, we've been growing the company steadily since and uh, to the point where it is today. And um, um, no, no real end in sight on our growth. We're uh, Still pushing forward on that. Sure. Um, so yeah, make sure if you haven't to check out that magazine article with all their stuff in it, full details about everything that's going on in the shop. I just want to highlight some of the things from our conversation to kind of re-go over and get your thoughts on. And one of the main things we highlighted uh, was the kind of importance and what you guys preach in terms of work-life balance. I know that is a big point for you guys to make sure your team members um feel like they have a life outside the business. They're not there 24 seven, that they have kind of the resources that they need in that department. Maybe we'll start with Dan and then Matt, you can kind of give your take on it. Just um, why the first off, Dan, why work-life balance is something you prioritized and then how that is kind of actualized in your shop. Uh, Sure. Well, you know, back, um, I think it was 2013, 2012, uh, maybe prior, prior to that, we were actually open seven days a week. Um, and, um, you know, it was great for our customers, for them, for their convenience. But I, I felt kind of like a hypocrite, you know, I'm here promoting work-life balance, how important family is. And, and uh, I, last thing I wanted to be was at work on a Saturday or a Sunday. And, and uh, we were having our, our team members work those days. So it was kind of like a, a, an aha moment or a, an awakening of sorts of, I felt like a hypocrite, you know, saying that. So um, we moved back to six days and then finally moved back to five days a week and, and uh, we're able to solve some of the customer experience issues through um, being creative with our courtesy vehicles and, and uh, drop off and pick up and some of those other customer conveniences. But uh, um, <clears throat> it is one of the, one of the things we look to when we hire is, is we look for people with um, the values that are similar to our own. And, uh, you know, for myself and Matt and, and, and our team, our family lives and, and are pretty important to us. You know, we want to be able to have energy and bring energy to our families at the end of the day, uh, spend time with them on the weekends. And uh, we needed to make sure that 
those values, our company did not limit people from that um, perspective. And they got the opportunity to, 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 to bring energy home uh, at the end of the day and spend some time with their family where ultimately it's, it's, you know, we, we work to live, not live to work kind of mindset. Yeah. And Dan pretty much summed it up. Um, I think when I first started, we were open six days a week and, and shortly after that, I think within six months, we, we made that switch. And uh, one of our five fundamentals is, is Slack as family. And if, if we're preaching it, we need to, we need to act on that as well. Um, so so we, we made that transition and uh, we communicated that to not only to our employees as to why we were doing that, but to our customers and our, our customers really appreciated that too. They, they don't want to be sitting without their car on the weekend. They want to be spending that time with their families as well. So it, it was just an all around great decision for uh, internal and, and external relationships. I think, you know, the, for shops that might be open on the weekends a little bit, they, a lot of them might not be able to kind of fathom or figure out like, how, how am I going to make that up if we don't have that? Uh, Dan, just speaking for you, I mean, you guys have expanded and grown immensely since making that switch. Like for a shop owner who's kind of hesitant about that, how were you guys able to kind of make up for that? Or I would just, you know, love your input on if someone came to you and said, I don't know if I can close on the weekends, like how would your advice to them be? Yeah, I, I get it. I hear that. I've, I've talked to other shop owners, you know, and it's 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 a battle, right? Uh, the industry has always been one of which where it's kind of followed the the full service gas station where you're just open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You're always there for the customer to solve their their car issues, um, you know. And that come at a that comes at a pretty big price uh, to your your organization, the culture of your organization. Um, I, I really think that if customers are being honest with themselves, they understand that that we're more than just um, uh, a tool that they can use when their car is broken, that we're actually really people and human beings and, and our staffs have families and lives and, and deserve that. Um, yeah, you're, you're 100% right, Paul. I mean, when, when we made the decision, we were an organization that was doing less than $3 million in revenue. And we're going to be an organization this year that's going to do probably close to $9 million in revenue. And, and it hasn't hindered our growth at all. It, it's actually propelled it um, through us being able to, to um, attract and retain the right kind, kind of people that want to work in our, our, our company. And, and our customers love working with those people. Um, they, they would rather have a relation relationship with our, with our staff and, um, you know, I, I think that speaking to that as a part of our values, um, you know, the customers reward us with their with their hard-earned money and their their purchasing decisions to come back to Silver Lake Auto because we have the consistency in our staff and we have the, they can feel the the human touch when they come into our, our locations. And I'm not saying that you can't have that if you're open six to seven days a week. I think it it's harder. Um, but uh, uh yeah, I, I think customers ultimately are extremely forgiving when it comes to that. Uh, in, in the beginning, we had a lot of a lot of those questions of, you know, what am I going to do on the weekend if my car breaks down? Well, well, our jobs here is to make sure your car doesn't break down. You know, we want to we want we want to make sure your car is maintained and re, and kept up to standard so that when you do take it on the weekends that you can get to where you need to go to so you can live your life. And um, you, you don't want to be sitting in our waiting room on a Saturday waiting for your car to be fixed. You would rather spend that time with your family at a soccer game or family function. So it was, um, 
yeah, it's it's there's some there's some things you got to work out. You got to work out the 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 message and the conversation with the customer and and uh, to your staff and and solve those problems. And and uh, um, but you know it's a commitment without without a doubt. I, I would add this, Paul is we we looked to solve those those hurdles with convenience. We've created so many convenient ways to have your car serviced that uh, other than bringing it in on a Saturday with, with uh, our concierge at all four locations, our free pickup and delivery. Um, and we've just made it really easy for people to not even have to come, come to our shop to, to have their vehicle service. We will, we will find a, a convenient solution for you um, because we don't offer the seven days. We want you to have that time for, for your family and your freedom. <clears throat> I'll add one one more thing. It was the right decision for us to make for our team, and um, our our team. If we're making those decisions for our team, they're gonna they're gonna reward us back by taking care of our customers. Mm-hmm. And uh, once they saw that investment that we were willing to make into them, um, you just you just get a much deeper engagement with your with your team, and and your team gets a better relationship with their customers. So it, it ultimately, it was just the right decision for us to make. Sure. Um. Switching gears just a little bit, um, you guys have gone through growth mode and you're, you know, you're still doing that. Um, I think when people think of growth or they, they get kind of fully in on we're expanding, we're expanding, we're expanding. And sometimes maybe the, em- the employee retention can struggle at that point because you're not spending day after day with every single employee. You're now kind of taking a bigger step back. Maybe you're not in the day to day and it can get harder to kind of you know, make sure you're hearing everyone's needs, you're kind of servicing that. So for shops that are either considering growth or going through growth now, how do you kind of make sure you are able to kind of like maintain that culture, that consistent, you know, um, like contact with employees? Um, because as you expand, it's just, like it's nature, you're not gonna be able to talk to everyone like you would normally, it's gotta change. So for you guys, how did that go? And advice for shops that are kind of going through growth, but being able to maintain, you know, that quality relationship with employees. Go ahead, Matt. I know you can, you got some things. On this. <laughs> well, um, you, you can't, you can't touch everything anymore. Uh, but that was, that was probably the hardest lesson for us to learn because you just, you want to be involved with, with each and every one of your employees and, uh, and you can't, and, and it's not fair for them if, if you try to do that. Um, so you need to, you need to find, um, a repeatable structure of leadership to, to install. And I think we've, we've really done a good job the past year of, of focusing on that and, and, and finding our, the leaders within our company and hiring a couple of leaders and, uh, putting them in positions where, they have the space to give the support and the leadership that to the team that the team deserves um, because it's, it's, it's not fair to the team for me to try to give them an eighth or a 16th or a 32nd of my time. Uh, leadership is a full-time position and you need somebody that can commit to those people in that team 100% of the time. Um, and, and we, you need us as, as leaders need to set our, our other leaders in the company up for that type of, of success and give them that space to do that. <clears throat> well, I think it was, you know, it's, 
you brought back some some memories of, of of lessons learned when you when you asked that question. You know, it was definitely we did learn that hard lesson. We we have lost some people over the past couple of years that that um, we would rather not have lost because we just kind of we were focused on growth and we didn't put enough focus and emphasis on our um, I guess our we call it our touches. You know, I, I, Matt's one hundred percent right. I can't I can't have direct conversation or direct touches with, with all the people we have in our team now, but they still need to be able to feel me through my people. Um, and they need to be able to, to, to feel that sense of purpose inside of the organization. And, um, we, we, those are hard lessons learned. And, uh, in last probably last year and a half, maybe even two years since 2020, we, we committed to, we're going to give ourselves the leadership capacity as the leaders in our organization to make sure that we are, spending the time, the quality time, enough of the time with our people as we can. And, uh, and it's a constant um, evaluation of how do we make sure that we're measuring our leadership capacity and do we have enough to manage the people and lead the people that we need to lead. Um, and we're going through the next evolution of that right now as we continue to grow. It's, it, it, the conversations are getting um, at a much deeper level and we, it's something we got to continually um, evaluate and grow from. Sure. Uh, I know in, from our first conversation, Dan, you kind of walked me through kind of the meeting structure that you have. So you're going to meet with the leadership team, like your managers biweekly, I think it was. And then those location managers are going to meet one-on-one with employees weekly. Uh, take me kind of through the meeting structure and kind of your philosophy on holding those meetings. I think that's one thing in the industry. Some people are diehards. They love meetings. Other people don't see the value in them. Uh, I think they're a waste of time for you guys. What went into that decision and kind of lay out that structure for me, for your, for your uh, company. Yeah, we, we do, we do a lot of meetings. Uh, I feel like we're meeting all the time and uh, some of them are scheduled, some of them are not. And uh, um, you know, but we have, we have quarterly all staff meetings where everybody gets together and we talk about um, really, we talk about the successes of the quarter uh, and we highlight uh, people who have really kind of stepped out of the box and, and either grown or, or did something absolutely amazing. And we spend that time just kind of celebrating and just being, being a community community. And we spend a little bit of time talking about where we're going, but, but we just celebrate each other a bit during those quarterly meetings and build our relationships um, on the monthly meetings. Um, so I have a, a monthly meeting with my leadership team and I, um, that is our time to spend working on us in our leadership and how we're leading our company. Um, it's growing ourselves as lead- leaders, whether we're listening to a podcast, breaking it down, uh, deep diving into a book and talking about it, or, or um, maybe just looking around the room a little bit to find out where our strengths and weaknesses are to kind of help us, um, you know, make sure we're highlighting our strengths and shoring up our weaknesses. Um, and then, uh, and we just, that's our time just to focus on us uh, as leaders. The other meeting that we do, uh, my team does uh, monthly, is we do a tactical, we call it a tactical meeting, where we work on the, the tactics of the business and how can we improve the business and push the initiatives forward. Um, and, and the purpose of that is just to basically, it's a, let's call it an issue process, where we solve one of the one of the bigger issues that's going on in the company. Um, weekly, we do weekly one-on-ones, um, and uh, each each direct report too has probably no more than five. Uh, report twos that they do one-on-ones with and and that's our time to 
um, have that be our, our direct report to's agenda. We listen to them. Where, where are they going? What are they struggling with? How can we be the best leader we can be for them? How can we help them? Um, it's really, it's their agenda and it's our opportunity to grow as leaders to make sure that we're serving them how they want to be served. Um, and you, you can have the wide range of, you know, um, they don't need a lot of touches. They just want to make sure that we're here and to, you know, facilitating them growing into a, a different position or elevated position inside of the company. What are the tools and resources that they that they need, and how can we help mentor them become those uh, grow through that? So those are kind of the all over the gamut of of where they want to go and where they need us. Um, it can be in their personal life, it can be in their professional life, it could be um, just kind of a time to just sit back and and talk about our relationships with each other and and. Uh, so those are kind of, you never know what you're going to get with those. So those are always very interesting, but uh, um, those are the, that's kind of our, our, our core meeting structure is the monthly all the way through the quarterly. Uh, one of the, or sorry, Matt, did you have something that you want to say there? Sorry. I don't want to cut you off. Well, I've, you know, you, I think you left out a handful of them. We have the Monday, <laughs> Monday afternoon manager collaboration meetings where um, they basically as a group come together and collaborate as peers on what they want to try to do this next week. Um, and what's really special and the managers have a couple other meetings. They have their own leadership meetings and their own tactical meetings, which I'll kind of facilitate, but it's, it's really important to me that, that those are led by a manager and it's mostly peer to peer conversation and, and driven by the peers. Um, and they, they kind of sharpen, sharpen themselves and, and learn how to be problem solvers and, and get a chance to talk to their, their peers at their level, uh, and, and grow as a team, you know, um, and just elevate each other. So that's probably my favorite set of meetings that we do is just to let them interact with you know, our facilitation. And we have the foreman meeting. There's a foreman, and all the, the foreman uh, get together yeah. and they meet and they talk about their issues and grow and, uh, the business development people have their team, uh, their uh, uh, creativity meetings and stuff. So we could we could do a whole podcast on meetings if I you know. want. Paul. <laughs> I'm surprised I was even able to book you guys for 30 minutes. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> it's a lot of meetings. It's a lot of meetings these days. <laughs> They're all good though. They're worthwhile. But yeah. yeah. Um, one of the just the small things that I thought was super cool about your shop was your use of office vibe, which I had not heard of uh, before. And that, uh, I guess I would love either of you to take me through kind of what that is, but in general, it, you know, just kind of lets you hear from your employees in a, just a different way. Um, so I'd love for you to tell me a little bit about that and how you guys use it. Yeah. So office vibe is a, is an employee engagement survey tool. Um, a couple of years ago, we, we decided that we were going to really focus in on employee engagement so we can get some, you know, we want to get that discretional effort. We want to make sure we have highly engaged employees. And, and, um, and again, as leaders, we need to understand how they want to be led and when, where, we're, where we're deficient so we can shore that up. So Office Vibe is basically a tool that's online that you can, you can purchase that uh, sends a survey to your team members and asks them numerous questions, whether it's about um, the, uh, the, their work-life balance, um, Help me out, Matt. Here, what else is there? There's a relationship with manager, uh, collaboration with team, uh, recognition. Um, I think there's ten different categories uh, yeah. that that it asks very 
pointed questions to and and you can and you get you get the reports every week and it it tra- uh, tracks it and it graphs it and as as leaders or managers who are or whoever it is they can log in and see how their team's responding and it's all anonymous and, and really what it does is it allows you to kind of see where those gaps might be that you weren't aware of, or maybe somebody's not comfortable talking about it in person. Um, but then it, it'll give you some questions that you can follow up with your team on um, that uh, can help expose those conversations and, and really resolve issues before it becomes an issue. It just helps us stay ahead of uh, anything that might deteriorate the culture of a certain team or even the organization. We, we were doing we were doing anonymous surveys once a year to measure employee engagement and and I just felt that the the annual is just too long. Um, it just it, it we didn't know if we were the changes we were making were were making a positive effect for a whole another year. It just wasn't fast enough. And uh, this way, when we're sending out those weekly surveys, we can see are we still on track and we can see trends in in our growth or trends in areas that we need to shore up. Um, and um, it gives us an opportunity for us to say this. We asked. We asked. This is what we heard. Here's what we're going to do to our to our team to help solve problems. To, it, it's a good way for us to get that feedback and uh, um, keep it in our focal focal point and and not uh, lose focus. You know, throughout the year. I think maybe like the cynical shop owner would say like, how often are they? Will they want to fill that out? Will they want to take the time, my employees, to do that? Like, you know. For you guys, how how has the engagement been? Has it been what you hoped for, like more than you expected? Like what? How has that been? Yeah, I mean, we, we push participation. You know, we we, we want this is their this is their opportunity to have a voice. We want them to participate. Um, from time to time, we need to remind them that uh, hey, we we need we need to hear from you uh, through this. And we had one of those last week because we saw participation dipping a little bit, um, but it's a pretty quick survey. It's, they can, they can answer one question. They can answer 10 questions. You know, it just depends on how much feedback they want to give. Um, I think the biggest part of that, the participation, it actually falls on us um, is if we're not, if we're take, if we take that feedback and Dan kind of touched on this before and, and recognize them for that feedback, Hey, here's what we're seeing and here's what's going really well with this team. Um, or, you know, here's what we're seeing. We heard it. We're, we're going to, do what we can to improve on that. Um, the more feedback we give them about their feedback, the more engagement we see. But when we start to slip, that's when we start to see their engagement slip away a little bit as well. If they don't feel, if they don't feel heard, participation drops. Yeah. So it's our job to make sure that they're feeling heard. Yeah. Guys, well, I don't want to take up too much of your time, so thank you so much. If you haven't already, make sure to go check out the full uh, length feature on Dan and his whole team over at Silver Lake Auto, uh, along with the other best workplaces, tons and tons of great tips that you guys can take from these shop owners. Um, So Dan, Matt, thank you so much for your time, uh, and I'll, I'll let you guys get out of here. Thank you so much. Thank you, Paul. Appreciate it. Thank you, Paul.